Hi, everyone. Um, welcome back to Lab Talks Live. You may have noticed that the set has changed. Um, it's a new year. It's a new episode, new set, actually in our new office. And I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined by James today. Um, James, I will throw it straight over to you. And if you'd like to give a brief introduction to yourself, what you do, what you've done, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, great. Hello, uh, everybody. It's, uh, it is a pleasure to be here. It's a lovely set, loving your offices. So congratulations, guys. Um, I currently, uh, my, well, my current job uh, title and role is Senior Director of Audience Planning and Global Addressable Media Operations. Um, so quite a mouthful. Yeah. But I'm quite new to this company, quite new to this role. Um, we can un unpack a little bits of that as, as we go along. But I would say that really I'm, I'm a bit of an agency uh, veteran, a bit of a programmatic veteran. I think you can say that because programmatic hasn't really been allowed around for too long yeah. you know, relative to how long marketing's been around for. Um, so I've always been agency side before going to Coca-Cola three different agencies, all fantastic, um, have asked Dentsu and most recently um, Matakine, which is the trading desk of, of IPG. So right from the start back in 2012, I've, I've been involved with, with Programmatic back when it was the the, the Wild West, you know, yeah. and sort of viewability wasn't even a thing. We were just sort of trying to get to grips with how you can, uh, yeah, maximize data technology to deliver um, great campaigns and, uh, for, you know, all intents and purposes, we, we, we still are trying to do that. So my career really has been going from programmatic trade desk to programmatic trading desk, trying to keep pace with trends, try to make sure that all of the you know, brilliant brands and clients that I've been serving uh, have been on pace and really are delivering the the, the best results possible um, for whatever objectives they are they are trying to achieve and it's been great to see the the programmatic space mature over that time um, and I currently now I'm trying to take all of that experience and, and all, all of those learnings really and apply them specifically to um, to Coca Cola. Um, yeah, as a shall I go on? To, I can go on to shall I go on to a little, a little bit about that as well? I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll pause there so about many. So I, I guess a yeah, programmatic specialist. I've done plenty of digital strategy as well along the way, mainly agency side, but now trying to yeah, trying to um, put that all into improving um, digital and programmatic capabilities for Coke. So just uh, let's kind of uh, we deal with agencies. I think they are they have a very difficult task. There's always a ton of companies that have. A great solution. So how did you go about kind of seeing what worked, what didn't work, kind of how would you build out strategies for brands during your time um, at agencies? Um, yeah, I guess there is there is a difference between the um, the roles that I've had. I, I yeah, think okay. when, you're, when you're an agency side, the majority of your junior to middle management years, you're very much focused on a specific account right. or a specific set of accounts. So you more intimately know the needs of Diageo or MasterCard or yeah. Microsoft. You understand what their singular objectives are, their singular audiences are, and then you are able to look at the at the marketplace, at all the various different DSPs at your disposal, the different audience solutions, different, um, you know, targeting tactics, mm -hmm. different measurement capabilities or, or, or whatever. And you can quite neatly put together um, a roadmap, I guess. Yeah, okay. That if you, if, if you have clients that are curious and understand that there is 
very myriad different ways that you can go about solving problems and putting together a custom solution is going to be the best for them. You should probably go on the journey of a roadmap. You should do various different sort of RFIs. These are DSPs that probably have the capabilities that best suit your needs. Yep. These are different sort of data partners that probably have the greatest exposure to your audience. Um, these are different ways that we can that we can measure them and you go on that journey with them, which is fantastic. Um, I think when you go to a more senior level, yeah. you aren't as um, as close to any one account. So it's more important to be at the coalface of trends. Yeah, okay. um, I guess the trying to deliver thought leadership um, and trying to, I guess, shine a light on new capabilities, mm -hmm. new products that you're company that your business doesn't have the day-to-day -day time to do because they are busy planning great campaigns executing reporting all that kind of stuff so you try and be ahead of the connected tv trend you try and be ahead of attention yeah and you try and say this is a really this is a potentially uh, really powerful sort of tool or instrument that you guys can use as your business um this is why these are the providers you could consider um it'd be amazing if we got some tests on the board so we can actually try and prove kind of this yeah, stuff okay. and, and share it more broadly you know so you raise the capability of the business more broadly by identifying trends and bringing them in front of your uh, of your account managers and your, your account directors nice so i guess that kind of the culmination of having experience using the platforms in the early part of your career to like spotting the trends kind of then made sense to go from a media agency over to and take those insights coca-cola to deliver that for them um across their media strategies yeah i i would say so um definitely um we we, we were talking before um which i think is a really relevant point now the way that coca-cola is 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 organized is um we're, we're a networked organization and we yeah. have nine different sort of regions that are using and, and rightly so they they are in charge of making marketing decisions when it comes to how best to invest budget so my my role is global and our um, what, what the best thing that we can do is maybe create solutions or create points of view from the center to allow these different local marketing teams yeah. to take them and improve the performance of their of their campaign. So, yes, I think a, a combination of having hands-on experience with platforms and being able to appreciate the different products and capabilities they might be rolling out, along with trying to hopefully identify what important trends are, what maybe less important trends are, yeah, okay. and combining that into a point of view. Um, again, I'm very early into this role, but ho hopefully that that kind of thing will be, will be of benefit. Yeah. I can imagine. So maybe the next question I'll ask you is the, what is the kind of strategy that you're looking to roll out now and like what trends are you seeing in the programmatic marketplace that really interest you? Yeah. So my, my, my strategy that I, I think will work and, <laughs> and I, I, I hope will work sure will, yeah. um, is that whatever we sort of like create or, or build or, or talk about like globally from, from the center has to have a, a set of criteria. Yeah. Okay. So it has to be globally relevant. So not just sort of like pertinent really for, for any one market. It has to have a quite a simple value proposition. Yep. Something that anybody can understand no matter where they are in, in the globe on quite, quite simple terms. Um, it has to have low barrier to entry. Yep. So if possible, we can do a lot of the heavy lifting like ourselves, like it, from, from the center, make it easy, easy for these things to be adopted, have a clear measurable impact. So ideally going, we started here, we, end, we ended yep. up here. So at the, at, the, at the end of whatever the test might be or the year might be, you can clearly demonstrate that. 
And then finally, um, act, you know, impactful. So we'll, 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 we'll make some sort of impact. So that's, that's the sort of approach I'm sort of taking to anything that I'm going to invest some time into. That's, that's the strategy. So that's, that's the answer to the first part of your question. I think that's, um, it's interesting that you frame it that way because it's the, if I liken it to, um, decentralized networks, right? You have people with relevant experience for their particular market, the quirks of that market, the best ways to deliver, um, your message to their audiences. That kind of almost is like a decentralized strategy as it were. And then your role is to like create the governance of that strategy. So Mm -hmm. like the, the framework in which you can operate, but then still allow those people to use their local expertise to deliver something that does really resonate. Cause I'm sure it does well, obviously varies from country to country and market to market. Yeah, exactly. Having, having, uh, allowing the ability to take something broad, but effective and to localize it, yeah. personalize it is, is, is the only way that I think a, a global to local relationship can, can, really succeed so yeah yeah i actually um this is a bit of a tangent but i think it's quite interesting okay, yeah, go for it. Great. um i watched the napoleon film at the weekend um napoleon not dynamite no 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 <laughs> yeah the the, the, the wacky phoenix um and then i was reading about um napoleon and that's that's what he employed to his armies was okay. this idea of like okay i'll train you on the strategy but then you have the um what's what agency to actually deliver what you want yeah depending on what you're seeing in front of you so that works very well for him albeit in a slightly different more aggressive context but yeah <laughs> sorry so yeah. i'm good he, at tangents he was pretty successful yeah. uh, um, to, to a degree so i can imagine that is yeah to a degree not not successful <laughs> enough if you're British, um yeah the so i think that sounds like um that sounds difficult it sounds like a lot of moving parts like what do you think is going to make that easier for you to do as you kind of roll out the strategies that you're looking to implement? Um, um, probably TB, TBC, to be honest. Yeah, but as, I, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I probably the the one thing that uh, maybe maybe two things. I think I think like communication is going to be is going to be yeah, like okay. critical, and I'll, I'll just again all of those things need to be clearly communicated. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I really. This, this is the way that I've, I've always gone gone about things. I would n- I never want to force any client or any any individual to to do something. Mm. You know, it, it's far more effective if it's more carrot than stick. You yeah, know? I totally like, agree. Yeah. This is something that we've 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 looked at. Hopefully, I've com- you know communicated this that this value is is clear to you and you're interested and excited to maybe maybe test it. So communicating in that way, very much sort of like empowering people rather than you know mandating anything yeah I, th- I think it's going to be the um the, the style in which I, I, I success comes yeah i don't know again i'm i'm early into this and i'm sure that i will improve and hopefully it iterate as we go along yeah i think you i think you were asking what what are some of the sort of like trends that oh, yeah. um, i might yeah, be sorry. thinking about um uh will i say so well, this is just top of mind at the moment, mm-hmm. and it is it is it is a it is a big trend that has been maturing and growing for a little while now. But probably um, something around attention, okay, yeah, and really trying to understand as a, as a portfolio, 
Um, we have different brands that are on different stages of their journeys. Yeah. You know, some of them are very, very established. They have a really high level awareness. Yeah. They have different jobs to do. Some of them are new. We have a new product development. You know, we really, really um, value innovation and that kind of thing. So I think from the center, you might have good scope to be able to pull together a series of tests, you know, sort of network tests and be able to try and demonstrate or illustrate at a portfolio level, what optimal attention might be for okay. certain brands when you're trying to do certain jobs by, you know, by sort of bringing together, again, all these different studies, different tests, or, or at least coordinating some sort of, you know, some sort of robust test roadmap to, you know, land at the, these, these kind of, those, those kind of sort of guidance. So that's just sort of top of mind at the yeah. moment. So that's something that we're thinking about. Yeah. I think that's interesting because you already, I was reading, um, I've, not been drinking recently so i've been reading about other people that share my plight um but actually i was quite surprised that a number of younger people are now kind of taking out like drinking like low and no alcohol yeah. beverage i think it was like 39 percent of people in the uk yeah. now like not drinking so much which i think probably presents quite a nice opportunity for new products to evolve but then equally establish um your existing portfolio brands within that growing niche of people that are perhaps doing other things now rather than necking four pints at the pub but yeah um i think it's cool that you look at it that way and i think that's probably different to perhaps i correct me if i'm wrong i'm trying to conclude yeah. but like the where you were a media agency where it's like actually like more the like you get to set the strategy whereas like i guess at the media you're kind of delivering the strategy through a number of different products because i i thought you maybe could talk about like a connected tv or like a particular ad format but i think it's really interesting that and now obvious in hindsight that you look at it from a much broader perspective of capturing people's attentions at the right time and not necessarily minding too much exactly how that's being executed, but as long as you are getting the people at the right time to yeah. get your message across. I think so, exactly. Because we do we do have like brilliant marketers in the yeah. company. We, ha we have people who are um, very skilled media practitioners yeah. and professionals. So when you, when you take Connected TV, for example, there probably isn't really much of a global position that you can take yeah, on. Yeah, fair you know, enough. You, okay. you, you will have a different connected TV landscape in different markets, yeah. and you know you you kind of you kind of leave it up to those markets to utilize that that channel on that device as best as best as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is it is it's, it's, it's very much that kind of thinking around what is going to deliver global relevance, benefit, and all that kind of thing, and taking taking that into um any sort of product solutions or you, or you might develop so, so supply probably is um probably is, is another one that yeah. maybe we could maybe we, maybe we can jump to that because i think we want to talk about maybe some sort of like challenges and yeah in, yeah, in yeah okay yeah in, in programmatic you at the moment you probably can't you have everyone has seen like the the ana report right yeah. and, and it's um I, 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 yeah i guess it's uh Maybe it's it, it, it's eye opening. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't think that for being programmatic so long, you like mm. to think that you know so much of your investment has been you know maybe sort of misguided. I, I don't know if that if that is the case, but I think it does a good job at shining a light on, uh, I guess, areas of the supply chain that really could be sort of tightened yeah. up or better or, or better controlled. So I don't I don't know if we are going to do do this as a, as, as a business, but. Um, I think that just from anybody looking at that report, the appetite and the benefit of owning your own supply chain end to end possibly has some has some clear benefits. So I'm not sure we are going to do this as a business. It's very, really, really sort of early doors in, in discussing it. Yeah. 
but being able to be confident of your of your demand side setup and your supply side setup and and everything in between i think is is something again from a global perspective could well be worth some investment could be well could could well be worth um developing and refining and then and, and then making available but again we'll, 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 yeah. we'll see I think the the, the ANA reports originally. There's also a, a UK version, ISPA, which had some similar findings. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's anyone. It's just the nature of the technology, right? Like again, to kind of t- talk about centralized versus decentralization, right? The coolest thing, in my opinion, about decentralization is that it makes a transaction trustless. There's no party in the middle that you have to be like, okay, I. I believe they're going to say what they're going to do, right? That's that's fundamentally what centralization does. You know, like that's how you trust the bank. You trust, um, another example, you trust a server to deliver results as per the criteria that are set to deliver that particular transaction. But ultimately, it's not built in a way to allow these servers to communicate in a very effective means. You know what I mean? A lot of the time it's like, Hey, you need a report. You have to match that report. That brings in that degree of just basic human error, right? When it's like you're dealing with tons of spreadsheets and APIs and so on. What's cool about, um, decentralization and what we do with, we call it our node management system or NMS is that we've basically going to get a bit hot and heavy, but we have this gossip protocol. So our respective nodes on the network, there's 40 of them now, are able to speak to each other and ensure that that node A is following the rules so that node B can then validate that transaction and then write it to a ledger. So everyone is contributing to one um, record rather than having their own respective records that live wherever those servers live and then matching them at the end. So it just allows for more confluence across a network provides more transparency and ultimately you can then take ownership of supply all the way through or demand all the way through to supply and see exactly what's gone on and kind of realize that premise of like not having to trust you can just verify the information which ultimately saves time expend more effective and just yeah ultimately will deliver more results as per the kpis that you're setting for yep. um how you're trying to speak to your audiences yeah amazing i mean again like Again, all, all of those benefits are so simple and clear to understand that 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 is the kind of thing that that really that gets me interested, um, and I think that has great potential yeah. to you know be adopted, you know, and be ado- and be adopted at scale and and ha- and have meaningful impact. Um, I don't think it is is just me um, really. I think there's a, there's a few commentators that have been speaking about 2024 as potentially the year of curation yeah okay having your own having your own curated supply um and having a i guess yeah a little bit more confidence and control and transparency around how that is accessed yeah yeah with with my programmatic hat on i think that's that's being talked about quite a lot so so what you know, to what degree that 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 manifests because agencies already do do a really good job yeah, of it. That, yeah. Actually, like yeah. they 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 do like that. Um, they they command a lot of programmatic investment more yeah. than probably any one brand does. So have already been on 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 that journey. Yeah. Um. So who knows in in what in what way that might that might manifest? It might be it might be in different in different ways. Whatever is going to be more beneficial, but ultimately it's to the same cause of yeah. removing you know, resellers, removing unnecessary hops in the journey, all, all that, all that, all that kind of stuff to try and maximize working media as well as appropriately pay 
for technology and capabilities that is going to make the end impression more effective. Totally agree. And I think um, even just to like the publisher at the end, you know, like give them more value for the value they're creating. You know, sure. I, I spent 100%. a lot of time working at, um, well, 18 months working at News UK before we started Alchemy. And it, the amount of content that that business produces is phenomenal. You know, like they have a radio station going out of the roof. They have connected TV. They also print a newspaper that they maintain a digital edition of both the newspapers that they run. It's like they are flat out all of the time and there's new news every day. It's kind of yep. like the clues in the name there. So it's like, I think where out of nowhere, really the internet came around and they're like, shit, we still got to print newspapers, you know, like we still got to deliver our radio station. Like we don't quite understand how best to manage digital all of a sudden and that's where you saw like businesses that became very successful like google and the facebook that took it off their hands and just like delivered a really good product for them but i think as publishers have got to kind of matured with the market and understood the value of their digital media they like want to understand in exactly the same way how much money they're making how it's yeah. being made where it's being made in the same way that as a media agency or a brand you want the inverse of that you want to see how is it being spent where is it being spent is it being spent as effectively as possible and i think with I mean, if you think about Bitcoin, it was 2008, right? That's now, what, 16 years ago? It's like now being adopted by the financial mainstream because it's, for Bitcoin specifically, it's a very hard asset that makes a lot of sense in what is soft asset world these days. But that's really only Bitcoin. That's like a store of value, in my opinion. What's really cool is like chains like Ethereum or the layer twos that are built on top of Ethereum, you know, like the ability for smart contracts to write transactions to a publicly maintained ledger that undergo business functions. And I think that it was in 2018, the IAB looked at a report uh, or created a report rather on the application of blockchain to programmatic advertising. And I think at that time, yeah. Ethereum was a bit too slow still. Yeah. Like where you've seen the kind of merge to ETH 2.0, Layer twos are now very efficient at creating fast transactions that are cheap. And yep. as you know, programmatic is basically micro transactions that happen in milliseconds. It's like, hey, you can start to see how those two points converge a bit more and yep. can help give you more of the information that you need to plan campaigns better and activate media better. And then equally provide the rails for publishers to get more value for what it is that they're selling. You know, it's just like a natural yep. technology advances and then it gets adopted and then it gets optimized. And I think we're now probably out of that innovative that curve of like early adopters, innovators to like we start that first chunk. I mean, it's a, a chart we always throw around, but like we're at about the same point the internet was in the year 2000, you know, and like after the year 2000, the internet went pretty crazy. So like, I'm hoping that something similar happens for the adoption of blockchain, not just for, yeah, Crypto to crypto or meme coins. There's a huge Solana meme coin season going on at the moment. Bonk. Bonk, yeah. Benji, which is Taylor Swift's dog, just did very oh, well. Really? Apparently that was one yeah, to get well, your hands on. Pe Pepe was Pepe, uh, all yeah. All it's all just been like, I think that's, memes are great. Like, you know, there's like, they're kind of the, the, the currency of the internet. So it makes sense that like digital currency born on the internet has adopted them somewhat, but I think it's got to grow up a bit. It's got to get, get out of its adolescence and like start being applied to actual businesses and like realize the premise of what is a game-changing, very powerful technology in blockchains. Yeah, Lo those things that I'd love to build on that you, that you just said. We'll go, go, go back to publishers. I, yeah. I actually think it's, um uh, that there is another sort of commentary that, 
power will go back to the publishers. Yeah. Especially with the like, deprecation of the cookie, for yeah. example, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the, the, the need to access quality, valuable audiences at scale will bring power back to large scale sort of publishers, publishers, which is, which is fantastic. I actually had to do a presentation, created, created a presentation on the history of digital advertising before, oh, nice. I, okay. uh, yeah, before I, before I left IPG. And I think it's, it's fascinating that the start of the, the internet, you know, sort of just pre.com bubble, a lot of investment was going into, um, into things like pets.com yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. these, these things that were, that the ideas were sound, yeah. but the internet was slow. The pixels were poor. Yeah. Nobody, you know, no, none of those businesses were in a position to actually succeed sort of then. So the whole reason the internet really was able to grow and scale and exist was because of publishers. Yeah, true. That is, they, they were the only ones they were able to actually establish a business model. Yeah. Like they could sell ads in return for posting content, right? And it sort of like grew from there and then speeds matured. Everything got into a position with Web2 or whatever that you can have the likes of Facebook and Uber yeah. and, and Google. And then publishers sort of lost out a little bit from that. So it was a little bit tragic. So it's great great to see that, that a lot of power is, is going back to publishers and, 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 and rightly so. Um, so yeah, just sort of close the point on that. And then, yeah, I mean, again, some of the questions that, that I had, I, I had for you, um, and I have been a enthusiast investor in, in the crypto space for a little while now, sort of back in 2018, you know, nice. sort of like bought at the peak of the 2018 bull market. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic, fantastic. I'm there with you, brother. But, yeah. <laughs> but every, I think everybody's going to, right? Because yeah. nobody is for the first time going to buy into a bear market because I'm talking about it. Yeah, totally. So I, I think that probably 90% of people buy around the top of a cycle because mm. that's just naturally... When, when you hear about you, it, when you hear about it yeah. for, for the first time, so that's fine. And I also totally agree that we're that we are still early in terms of full full adoption. Like there's even sort of my a lot of my friends who I consider to be quite tech proficient, and quite sort of up with trends. None of them really like b- believe or sort of hold cryptocurrency sort of meaningfully. Not not really sort of about but because a few, a few of them do, but largely largely yeah. they don't. So like well the headroom there already is just, it's just yeah. massive. If you, if you sort of consider people who are maybe not as tech proficient or interested in, you know, sort of like gaming or naturally sort of digital spaces. So, um, I was wondering if you, if you guys, um, have maybe sort of any expectations or strategy around that, or if you feel like, cause if history repeats this year, it's going to be excellent for the asset class. It's going to be, cross, should be yeah. excellent for, for blockchain. If that's, um, I know anything, anything that you, you guys sort of. Have- yeah, I think we, um, We've tried to explain, as we were talking before, I love an analogy, like explain blockchain analogy so it's easy to easy to grasp. And I think where now you're seeing um, in America, kind of the headline news was that the ETFs were signed off by some of like the biggest money managers in the entire world, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. that is what, I mean, a lot of people have been crying out for for a long time. It's like, there's this amazing premise of this technology. We just need to know the rules in which we can operate in. And then it's like, okay, kind of speaking as a startup, right? It's like, okay, well, what can we do? How can we do it? And we take it, we spend a lot of time kind of acting like it's a fully regulated market so that we, when those regulations come in, we are right inside of those um, and we can do and operate as we always have been because we've been playing by the rules. We want to build a business that solves an issue, not just be a Benji token, you know, like, 
Um, so I think now we feel like the time is that we can actually talk a little bit more specifically about blockchain, kind of mention it and say like, look, financed institutions are adopting this into the mainstream. Like we have a solution that ad tech can adopt that into the mainstream. We want to tell you about it. It's just sometimes I think, as you say, with your group of friends, when you start to talking to people about their mnemonic and their MetaMask and going to Uniswap and then swapping tokens and then be careful about this and that. And it's if you get it wrong, there's no take back. People are like, what the hell? That just sounds insane. So yeah, yeah. I think as it matures, people will feel more comfortable. I yeah. think it's kind of just like yeah, for taking sure. them on that journey. It's just like we can explain it to you as simply as you want to do because there is an advantage just to like, the, the features of alchemy, right? Just like the low fees, the transparent ledger for validating transactions and then reduced emissions. But equally, if you want to get under the hood, there's probably ways in which businesses can use that technology that we don't understand because we're not that business, but we can help them understand the blocks they have, excuse the pun, but yep. to then create whatever it is they're looking to create on the other side. So it's like, it's the cool thing about it, about being transparent is that you're transparent, right? So you're like, okay, as soon as you want to learn about this, we can take you down this rabbit hole with us. And there's tons of cool solutions that you'll see. Yeah. Um, that to problems that you might not have thought you could ever have solved. You know, it's, it's why developers are flocking to blockchains because they yeah, have issues sure. they need to solve that. Well, I can solve it this way why would I solve it the old way anymore? Yeah. You know, and it's, that is just like that slow road to adoption. So it's just, again, more education, more specific education, I think. And like trying to use less of the jargon, but equally starting to expose people to the jargon as well. So they can like recognize what we taught them yeah, outside of what we taught them, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And I, I think also just get, once you get hands on, and once you are practically using some of these solutions, it really is seamless and it yeah. really is easy. Like um, I, I, I also use MetaMask, like Web3 Wallet, and just the ability to, you know, easily in a very safe and protective way, connect wallet to website. Totally agree. Purchase yeah. X from website, yeah. you know, remains in, in your in your wallet. It's completely secure. Yeah. The provenance is 100% intact. Like yeah. I recently start, started moving some of my ETH holdings into, into NFTs. Oh yeah, nice. Um, so I think thinking behind that is that I think everything in a bull market generally goes up. So if you're just holding ETH, your value of ETH will increase. However, if you move some of that into an NFT and the value of the NFT, NFT goes up from one ETH to two ETH, not only is that ETH you originally had appreciating in value, you are gaining more ETH, ETH yeah, from, yeah, the, yeah, from the value yeah, of that NFT. Totally, yeah. You do also obviously have have a risk of the value of that NFT going down in terms of the in terms of ETH. But in in a in a in a, in a bull market, again, if history repeats itself, I don't know. I think I think it could be hopefully a shrewd move. Yeah. But also that highlights a really great use case for blockchain in terms of um, provenance. Yeah. Right. So totally. art. Yeah. Um, you know antiques, um, anything in particularly high value, a lot of provenance is still done offline. You know, it's all done on sort of like paper, for example. Yeah. And so yeah. the, I don't know, the, 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 the risk of, um, uh, what's the word, you know, counterfeiting, all that kind of stuff is, I don't know, it, it's, it's possibly, yeah. uh, easier to do, um, when you consider the alternative that to your point is everything is very clearly on chain, clearly on a yeah. public ledger and you've got a digital asset or you've got maybe something that digital that is assigned to a, you know, a particular artifact or whatever. There's no question, you know, there is, there's no, there's no, uh, no, yeah, no, no debate about its value or, or its ownership. So, and there's multiple use cases like that from, from blockchain. So yeah. I think one that we think about all the time is where, well, I mean, we, 
I feel like cookies disappearing is a bit like year of the mobile. We've been talking about it for a very long time. I don't know if it yeah. is the year of the mobile or I missed it, but anyway, um, yeah. is cookies disappear. So third party cookies in particular, that's a lot of what um, companies used to target ads, create segments. Um, first party data will exist. And I think again, that puts that power back into publishers hands that have a ton of that and rightly so, but they're, is a very neat solution as the um, idea of people having a wallet becomes more ubiquitous where like everyone's seen a cookie notice that drops down on a page when you sign in. It's like that is a very similar UX to when you connect to a DAP with your wallet, right? So it might be in the future that rather than log into your browser, you log into a wallet that houses a browser. And I know MetaMask has that. And then you're immediately, then you have like this ID that you own it has some of your NFTs you might have bought. Um, I don't know, you've been to a, a Doodles event, had a Doodles NFT from Austin, or you yep. bought a uh, Balenciaga share or whatever it is. Yeah, That lives in your wallet. That is then virtually anonymous because your OX key is pseudo anonymous unless yep. you're using an ENS domain. But what's interesting, I think, for an advertiser is you can infer quite a lot about what is on-chain and in there. So it's like, let's say, for example, there was... I wouldn't recommend anyone did this, but a hundred Ethereum in a wallet that you were using to browse the internet. You could infer that that person perhaps has a lot of income that they might travel, that when they are traveling, they might want to travel in business class or a luxury hotel. And it's like that then becomes quite an interesting set of data that is deterministic. You know that information exists to then target ad campaigns against a profile, which is a lot of what happens with cookies and segments, but it will be a bit more persistent because I have a lot of wallets, but I don't have tend to create more and more and more very often. Do you know what I mean? If there was one internet wallet I had that, I don't know, maybe a publisher rewarded me if I read 10 articles a week, I got a discount somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, well, that person might then be interesting for other discount providers or brands for that specific discount or who yeah. knows what you could infer. But I think that, again, in terms of adoption, it takes something big stopping for then someone to be like, what do we do to solve this? And it's like, okay, there is this ready-made solution, which is people use wallets. There are other benefits outside of just a tracking solution on the internet. So it's like, there is that then kind of value exchange that makes sense. And then a nice benefit of that is if you use that online, you get better, more targeted ads, probably less of them and just improve your online experience by providing more value to the advertiser and then the publisher. And just having rails that can do that is, I think, just a huge opportunity, A, for Alchemy, but then anyone else that kind of moves into this blockchain space, I hope there will be many, um, to just provide a good alternative to cookies when they ultimately disappear. Yeah, massively. I mean, yeah, the uh, potential and and scope for, yeah, value is is, is huge. So um, be excited to to, to watch this uh, this space. Yeah, with bated breath and and, and and waiting a while, haven't we? Um, Yeah. Anyone who went to the Super Bowl last year got a, got an NFT. Did they? Yeah, a unique NFT to say they went to Super Bowl twenty twenty three. So even things like that, you know, yeah. you can you can infer interests. You know, you can totally all, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, very very interesting space. Yeah, tickets are like. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, I was like, tickets are like an obvious solution to for oh, NFTs, tickets, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's like a, mm. it becomes a bit of a memorabilia that you never lose, and then b, you just stop touting, which is. Yeah, I mean Taylor Swift. Anything to go buy some of those tickets? Again, sure, for astronomical amounts. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that, that, that was that, that was great. Really interesting um, discussion, sort of territory. Are you, do you think your audience is going to be um, familiar with these these kind of like? I te- think te- some te- of te- them te- will te- do. Yeah, I, was, I think it's we. It's we, an, we it's an, 
Yeah, I hope so. Well, they will be more now, so after having talked about yeah. it. But yeah, I thought, um, I thought that, was a, that was a nice sort of um, yeah, sort of blend there of sort of like marketing and uh, yeah. marketing and sort of like, and, and blockchain. Um, yeah, absolutely, ticking yeah. the t- sort of t- ticking the box for what people come here for. Yeah, we're trying to we got we got we, we like a picture of Venn diagram. And yeah, we're trying to get those circles closer and closer together, just yeah. like because I mean, again, you you'll know better than most like programmatic advertising is very very complicated and people's experience of it it's like the very tip of the iceberg which is just an ad on one of their favorite apps websites tvs you name it and then you look at the myriad of technologies underneath that that support that yeah. it's interesting i think i'm drinking the kool-aid but i know it is it's the same with blockchain right if you're an nft example like okay there's an nft that you love that is the tip of what is some pretty cool back-end technology which you can like really dig into and I think also get involved in it quite easily. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the things I love about NFTs is that you get one, you go into a discord, everyone welcomes you in and then you can just like talk about the NFT in particular or anything else they're talking about. And I think particularly with the pandemic, when people were kind of separated from each other, it created quite a nice like shared interest tribal yeah, um, oh, very, very talk much. About, like, do you know what I mean? It was cool. oh, communities and, and, yeah. and cultures that can sort of like spur from online spaces and NFT associated with those is is is, is immense. Yeah. Um, oh, last one, just because I'm personally interested. So, is there any particular NFTs that you 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 uh, think are interesting? Sort of I or? I think that the original big collections, so like yep. your Doodles, um, yeah, Pudgy yeah, Penguins yeah. is now in Walmart. Pudgies are absolutely going off. Yeah, I know. I think that they will come around. I think I'll I'll be interested to see if um, like the 10,000 PFP collection does come back in a way that it did before. Where I've really got into um, NFTs is I'm a very amateur art collector. um, And I did one NFT series. I think I'd got an NFT and they used to get us on some whitelists. And one of them was this artist called Peter Tunney. He's based in New York. Does these really cool prints. I drew three of the NFTs and one of them actually came with a physical bit of artwork, which I got for free. So like signed by the artist, got it delivered, framed on my wall at home. I was like, that is cool. I'd never sell it now. Do you know what I mean? I've got the, yeah. the real version and my digital version. I'm like, that was nice. I now like care about what that artist does. I follow him and the other pieces of art he's done. I think Damien Hurst has like really adopted NFTs in a really cool way. He had a collection called Currency where you either got to it, there was a time period where you either kept the NFT or took the physical print and whatever you chose, the opposite was burnt. So there was like a video of him just like burning his artwork with people that kept the NFTs and then vice versa, you'd burn the NFT and it'd get the physical print. So it's just like that then provides a really interesting way for artists to make money i think yeah and then again that mm-hmm. becomes interesting if it's in a wallet do you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah get invited to more galleries prove that you've been there and just it's it's cool keeping yeah. it on chain is on chain is cool it is it, it is very cool yeah, yeah. oh I, I would i would lo- um love it eventually to ha- i don't know if this, this 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 must exist but some sort of like you know digital portrait that just sort of is on a carousel mm. loop of you know sort of NF- nfts our own because to your point each of them can have very fascinating backstories yeah. that you know sort of kind of just sort of transcend what a, a traditional piece of art might, might and, and again traditional art paintings or paintings whatever are amazing there you can probably talk about them for for, for a long time but it can just go in many many different different ways with an NFT. the, the yeah. origin the concept the thinking behind it um 
Yeah, there's uh, there's a there's another sort of body collection that's called called checks. Oh yeah, all, that was all created or inspired by how um, the check on Twitter was used to stand for you know verified people yeah, that okay. have some significance or have or have some you know a good reason for for having that and their their opinion might carry more weight in this context or, or whatever. Where now anyone can just have one if you if you sort of pay enough yeah. pay enough money. Guilty. Um, and there is also there is also an an interesting. Uh, uh, evolution that you can com- combine your check for example with others yeah. to make these more sort of super rare okay, or nice. like modular yeah, yeah, versions yeah, yeah, yeah. and they are then tokenized so there's one that will be part owned by eight different people nice. but the, yeah, what okay. it represents is you know it's very unique and whatever and it community building whatever i could articulate that better yeah. but again you could you can do some fascinating things in in in, in that space yeah and, and i think communities the, around um it. The stick that NFTs were hit by was like the right-click save as. It's just a JPEG online. And I think that if you look at the evolution of the mediums upon which art is created, right? It's like many years ago, you only painted on um, wood in churches, you know, like that was how you decorated a church. And then some bright spark was like, well, why don't we try canvas? And it's like, okay, canvas is more portable. You can move it around. You can protect it more easily if there was any, if like it was a flood that doesn't get ruined. Do you know what I mean? It's just like the medium on which art was created changed. And that's all I think's happened with NFTs, right? It's just like the way that you code a smart contract and associate the design to that. Like you can do, I think it was Daniel Arsham did some NFTs with a Porsche that over time, like slowly degenerated. And then if it changed wallets, it restarted. So oh, like cool. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. using... Yeah. Um, the way in which you create a smart contract and actually combine that with the art becomes a new medium for art to be created. And like as a medium, it's like, hey, well, if your house burned down, you don't lose your canvas anymore because you've got it on your ledger, you know? Or if you want to take it to your friend's house and put it up because you're all art fans at a dinner party or lease it to someone. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to go change the experience in which you bought art, it's like, hey, you go to a gallery. You scan the QR code, you purchase the piece of art, it like disappears from the screen and then like reappears yeah. on your phone and then a new one pops up. You know, that's quite a cool experience rather than just a little dot that goes on the painting when it's purchased. So it's just like the rails fundamentally change the way that you can experience something, which just like if you look at trend- technology in general, that's happened across the board. You know, like it's when mobile phones came out, it made instant messaging instant messaging rather way better because it was in your pocket the whole time whereas you had to go home and speak to your mates on msn and it's like it is instant but it wasn't instantaneous where you were so i think that again that change in technology allows for more innovation in user experience to take place and i think that is what we'll just see across the board um yeah 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 no totally true and the and the the sort of like right click jpeg yeah thing, I, th- I think that's just like that, that, that'll that that that'll go away. Yeah, it's I no, agree. It's it's, yeah. it's it's no different, really, to you know Van Gogh's sunflowers. Yeah, there are a lot of people who have a replica of that because it's a lo- it's a lovely painting, but it's very different to provably having the, the original yeah, yeah, yeah. painting. You know, which is exactly just what what, what NFTs on on blockchain can, can do. You can you can have a right click version of it on your desktop, but it is not. No, it is not, not quite. I don't think you don't think it fetch the same amount as Sotheby's, would it? <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, yeah, awesome. So okay. yeah, I mean that was that was a lovely again, lovely cross section between sort of marketing and crypto. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 yeah, perfect. I think it's gonna it's awesome to 
Was there any other any other questions you might be interested in around Coca-Cola, programmatic, um, or, or, or any, anything? I think, anything? well, I guess like in the spirit of the blockchain side of things is, do you think that's something that Coca-Cola might adopt in the future? Like I know Starbucks did it with reward schemes. I don't know if that's something that Coca-Cola are looking at, but yeah, that would be um, something that would yeah. be interesting to me. Yeah. So I, I probably can't speak on behalf of the com- of the company yeah. um, sort of just yet. My, my, my personal opinion is that I think it is inevitable okay. in, in probably a similar way that all businesses are now currently looking at AI yeah. and how can we harness and leverage AI to improve anything that we do in our business, the output of anything we do in our business. I think a similar... Um, sort of story is going to be told with blockchain as well at, at some point. I, th- I think every business yeah. will probably look at what can we do with blockchain technology? How can it positively impact or affect the way that we do things in our business? And and, and let's go about realizing that once we've made that assessment, I, I think that will happen. So to you guys, I, I personally am sort of going back to school in the second half of this year and doing a, doing a course on blockchain. So I would I would personally love to be in a position after that to hopefully identify some areas okay, yeah, nice. and uh, may- maybe make some proposals. But 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 who knows? This is very much my personal point of view yeah. rather, rather than the company's yeah, um, at the moment. Um, but I, yeah, as I said, I do think that every business most likely will be able to benefit from it in some way to, vary, to varying different degrees. Um, yeah. I will actually, um, I know talking before, I'll throw it back over to you. Is there any questions that you wanted to ask me about alchemy yeah there 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 was um in my previous role at ipg at matakind we did a fantastic uh campaign with you guys um for for amazon as as, as a client um i i i I won't sort of say any any particular results but it was very 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 positive um so i got to learn a lot more about you guys through through that um haven't done anything for a Coca-Cola yet, but you know, TBC, we've got a long, long road ahead. But um, I was specifically wondering, because uh, I didn't quite quite grasp this, I know that the Alchemy token, cryptocurrency token is is, is ads. Yep. Um, and I wondered what the, the function of ads was in your product, your exchange product, if, if there's a function at all. And a second part to that is, would there ever be any benefit in, in a brand or even an agency holding or owning a certain amount of, of ads? So yeah, there's uh, first question first makes sense. Um, so in much the same way that proof of stake works with Ethereum, basically you require a number of tokens to collateralize one of our nodes. When you have a node, you're able to validate transactions on the network. So actually, rather than there be one instance that is validating all the transactions for the entire exchange, we have a network of nodes that are validate, able to validate some transactions if they're based in the US and it originates there or Europe and so on. The benefit to that, very plainly speaking, is that we have people that are willing to support the ad-funded internet to validate transactions. And the benefit to them is that they receive part of the transaction value. So we charge between 3 and 8%. So if you validate x number of transactions you receive rewards for doing so in the form okay. of an ads token that comes through that comes from your supply take rate for lack of a better word exactly right yeah so like you imagine uh, brand a buys an ad okay we send 97 percent of that money to the publisher yeah the protocol keeps three percent in much the same way that gas 
fees work on Ethereum. Yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, that's that's one way. The other way is that we have a liquidity pool that exists on Balancer. So you're able to pool liquidity. That allows us to support kind of the financial transaction side of things. So being able to pay invoices out of that pool itself to receive rewards from some of those transactions that have been validated in that pool, just to attract more liquidity to allow, ideally, there's no reason why in the future you couldn't just buy an ad with an ads token. And then part of that is then chipped off to a publisher because there's nothing stopping a publisher validating transactions. There's nothing stopping a brand validating transactions because then rather than you giving that away, that value away to a third party. Like a minor. Yeah, exactly. You get to keep that for helping support the network on which you're trading on. So like- okay. Yeah. Brand A would keep 3% of all the transactions that they validated. Okay. So like you're getting some, you're basically providing some value in yeah. compute power effectively to validate transactions and then receiving a reward for doing so. Okay. To kind of create this idea of a, a generative economic model where people add some value before they get some value rather than just coming okay. and taking value out yeah. and moving on. Okay. So how would a brand or agency help validate a transaction is that is that something that is a human base and a skill set that they would have to train up or is it something they could quite simply just sign up to and start funding yeah exactly that so that is the kind of beauty of the node management software so the node management software allows us to deploy applications in this example an ad exchange to an instance to validate transactions so there would be the need for a brand or an agency to feel comfortable having crypto on their balance sheet because you would need to hold a number of ads tokens. We then provide a NFT. So that NFT is then associated to your particular node that allows you to then join the network almost like as a receipt. And then you can start to validate transactions. So it's purely just a case of acquiring the collateral to validate, getting your NFT, joining the network, and then validating transactions and being rewarded for doing so. So it yeah. just ultimately then what is that what is that last piece though the 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 what 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 specifically does joining the network and validating transactions like because i I understand the there'll be an initial investment in 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 acquiring ads but yeah what is what is the specific thing that an entity would have to do to start validating transactions so you could either run if you had your own hardware you would install our application on that hardware and it would join the network or if you wanted to deploy a cloud infrastructure instance like EC2, AWS, or Vulture, Linode, it's kind of agnostic to the provider. You deploy and install that application. We've got a very simple process. So it's kind of like a one-click install, and then we take okay. care of it. And then you are then prompted time again to refresh, update. You know, like there is there is some ongoing management, but it's very, I mean, it'd probably take you an hour a month at most, and that's okay. like five minutes every week just to maintain, it doesn't make an hour, but okay. yeah, okay. kind of just like, just like making sure it's healthy, making sure that your uptime is close to hundred percent as possible. Just ensuring that you're always there and always ready to provide processing power and transactional um, compute power to the network when it needs it. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets us around some of the issues that you have with um, timeout, timeouts in transactions, you know, like if an ad originates on, the West Coast and it's being validated on the East Coast, there can sometimes mean that bid falls out, isn't validated, um, and that impression or the chance to sell or buy that impression is lost, even though it could have been beneficial to an advertiser or a publisher to buy or sell um, that particular ad. Okay, great. Good to know. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a, for me personally, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a quite a cool reality when, I don't know, X, X brand is 
that involved and invested and contributing to the uh, to the system in that way. That's the dream. TBC, yeah. Uh, yeah. exactly. To what degree that's realised, but it's uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a, a very nice thing to to think about. Because I think it would give some power back to because uh, there's like bodies like the IAB, which are great, which help like govern the standards by which ads are traded, but it's not necessarily that enforceable. Like you can still have people that operate outside of those standards to buy and sell ads. Whereas using a decentralized network, those standards are enforced by the system. So if you're not operating, those ad transactions are just never eligible to be validated and actually be written to the ledger itself. So it kind of self-polices in that sense. And then again, you could you can use the ads token to collateralize a node, but equally it does give you a degree of like voting power on like features that would be beneficial to the network. So oh, like yeah, of course. Yeah. If you wanted to build support for ads, AR ads in the future, you know, like that yeah. could be really useful for brands or publishers to sell that as a media source, but that takes re- development work. So it's like, okay, well, we want to develop this. We're prepared to put some resource against it. We want you all to agree, then get involved. And like that kind of spirit of decentralization is that everyone is adding some value before they immediately come and take it away. You know? yeah. And oh, where sure. you have not just like has to operate within this box, it's like everyone can kind of contribute to it. It allows you to take up a bit of a task here and push it to the network and a bit of a task here and push it to the network because there is that built-in rewards mechanism. So yeah. it's like, don't break the toys because then no one can play with them. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for that's sure. what we hope. That's probably a little way away. I think yeah. a bit more adoption of blockchain before we get to that point. But ultimately, that is what is possible yeah. um, with blockchain and, you know, and well, Alchemy's application of it. Yeah, that's that's that, that's awesome. Because also, when it when it comes to like product development, having been in sort of like product roles previously, you do have a hit hit and miss rate. If you know what I mean. And the, if if you're trying to develop a product or you're trying to develop a solution, you speak to as many people as possible. Speak to different brands, different agencies, different people who are being involved in in um, involved in realizing that product and you think yeah okay great that's that that seems to be meeting this market need you develop it you test it you sort you sort of roll it out and some will be massively successful um but some won't be at all and so if you have a community who is actually voting or contributing and voting on what we actually think will be valuable you almost know you almost sort of guarantee yeah. that, the, that the output of that is going to be adopted because it's been a community-led totally yeah. community sort of um yeah vote, voted on project so yeah it's like pre-bit have done it to a degree do you know what i mean like that's an open source company like there's just like not there's not an obvious way to reward people that are contributing in that so i think yeah the blockchain allows you to attribute value to an input and then also output value as well, you know? So it just like creates better rails to reward contribution, loyalty, expertise um, that's governed by the network. Um, so yeah, it's, um, well, as I say, we are drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think it's no, super no, yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, like, likewise. And uh, yeah, wish you guys all the best and I'll, I'll um, yeah, be, be following the journey. Appreciate of, uh, that. Closely. Um, yeah. So yeah, thanks for joining us, James. I think this is a really good chat. Really interesting. We covered a lot of ground. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it'll be a good listen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers.